Good evening and welcome to another edition of Reporters Roundtable. We are coming to you from the Voice of America series in Washington. I'm Douglas Impuga and this evening we will talk about press freedom. And with us tonight are my colleagues, Vincent Makori, Managing Editor, TV English to Africa. Uh, welcome to the show, Vincent. Thank you, it's a pleasure. And also another joining us is Nabil Biagio of uh, VOA's South Sudan Focus Pro Service. Uh, welcome to the show, Nabil. Good to be here with you. You're very much welcome. As the world marks National uh, Press Freedom Day, we are, uh, we are looking at the situation on the African continent. In uh, as, of, as of 2021, last year, Eritrea and Djibouti had the least freedom of the press in Africa. And uh, on the other hand, Namibia and Cape Verde obtained uh, some good scores and uh, they had satisfactory uh, press freedoms in those countries. Um, Vincent, general general take on the situation of press freedom in Africa. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, we continue having African countries ranking so low. And, uh, of course, uh, in many cases, we have the same... We have the same kind of countries uh, uh, ranking the same places where they ranked a year ago or two years ago. And uh, one of the things we observe is that, uh, uh, for example, countries that have been uh, in conflict situations uh, continue to uh, perform very uh, poorly. We talk about uh, countries like uh, uh, Eritrea, uh, where it re- literally ranks at the very bottom. Uh, we have uh, situations like those in Somalia where journalists have, uh, have been operating under very difficult circumstances. But there are, of course, some of those bright spots like Namibia, which is doing so well. is still It's kind of ranked, I think, at the very top for African countries. And uh, what we know that is uh, behind some of this uh, bad reports on African uh, countries is the mix of uh, government intolerance uh, and conflict, which uh, puts journalists in the midst of antagonists. Uh, so in some cases, like if you take the example of Somalia, uh, we have uh, journalists who have a hard time, uh, from uh, get a very difficult time from uh, the government side, from politicians, but at the same time, their targets of uh, a group like uh, Al-Shabaab. And so they operate in one of the most challenging environments. Uh, But we have seen the same situation in the Sahel region where uh, journalists are taking uh, risks in order to do their job, uh, again, because of the, uh, you know, jihadists there. In in Sudan, we have seen intolerance in the last uh, two years or so because of uh, the government action, the military uh, has been uh, very heavy-handed uh, against anybody who, especially, seems to be criticizing or to be, a, you know, perceived to be criticizing the government. Uh, Nabil, your general take on the continent. Yes, uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, of course, we talk about 54 countries, but I have to agree with uh, Vincent's assessment. The overall picture is grim doesn't look good, and uh, we do acknowledgement to countries that are doing well, like Senegal, Namibia, uh, which are not, which are definitely not the same as Eritrea and Somalia and Sudan. Um, 
some of the reasons uh, which remain the same, actually, every year we get the ranking uh, with every transition, um, with every conflict, with every situation of political uh, instability, we find the same factors, the same reason contributing to an increasingly repressive environment for media and for journalists. We saw that recently in Sudan after a transition that lasted uh, two years where we had a journalist who was who, who who is really an icon of journalism in Sudan, Faisal Mohammed Saleh. He's a winner of the Peter Mackler Award for Brave Journalism. He received it here in the US in 2013. He became the information minister and we saw uh, an opening up of the media space in Sudan. But then since October 21st, when the military took over, uh, removed the civilian cabinet altogether, the media environment uh, has been very, very hostile uh, to journalists. Uh, when people report on the coup, for example, that happened in Sudan, they say that ministers were arrested, the whole cabinet was arrested, but the arrests actually began with journalists on the eve of the coup. Uh, security forces raided the, the, the television and radio headquarters in Umzurman, arrested journalists. Some journalists were chased down and arrested from their homes, and it's been just a tragic story ever since. Uh, yeah, so it's a combination of conflict, instability, and a lack of commitment by mostly military regimes to any notion of freedom of, of, of the press. I see. Uh, Vincent, uh, yeah, instability, insecurity, and all that, uh, military regimes. But even we're seeing in countries where this, there's a semblance of good governance, these the things happen. Cameroon, okay, Cameroon may not be qualified for that. They had the media regulator suspend uh, some TV, TV journalists. In Zambia, journalist Eric Chiyuka was charged there with assault after covering a land altercation in Ghana, even the two soldiers uh, at the hospital region uh, uh, assaulted the member of uh, a journalist for, for his, doing his work. So it cuts across the continent. It does. And uh, what you, the sense you get is that uh, sometimes there is a, a lack of appreciation of what the role of a journalist is. Uh, you know, different uh, actors uh, tend to see journalists as uh, of being of value as long as they're giving them a platform uh, to sell their agenda. And that could be, you know, politicians, it could be business people, it could be, uh, you know, even uh, activists. Uh, as long as you are providing a platform for them to sell their agenda, then you are a friend and you're doing a good job. But the moment you start questioning their activities, their actions, and especially those cast them in a negative light, then instantaneously you become a big enemy. And we've seen this with uh, even countries that seem to be generally tolerant. The moment you start pursuing stories that will expose, for example, financial scandals, corruption in government, then you become an enemy of the government. Uh, if you become a person who is reporting on opposition, uh, you know, the opposition is happy as long as you are giving them a platform to, uh, uh, to attack 
the government, for example. Uh, but if you start scrutinizing how they are operating themselves, if you start asking the hard questions, then you are an enemy. So it's a question of really getting to understand what is the role of media and whether that needs some level of education. Uh, it's, it's a subject to discussion, but it's to understand that the job we do is supposed to to be a mirror it's supposed to be what reflects to society who we are and it can be good or bad but we and we should be able to tell the story as it is and we should be able to be the people who help the citizens question the powers that be about uh, you know their mandates to them their responsibilities to them and so you should never be seen as an enemy just because you worked hard to unearth an issue, to unearth a scandal that afflicts or affects the common citizens. Yes, uh, Nabil, uh, but it's our nature, our job across the continent, across the world. Uh, you do your work in what you think is the right way, and then you pay for it. Some are paid with it by going to jail, by being beaten, by uh, being harassed. So... Who should be educated about press freedom? Are those in power? Don't they know that the media plays a very big role in good governance? There is a failure uh, either uh, intentionally or unintentionally to understand the, the role and the importance of the media for any government that is even um, just by by rhetoric uh, committed to some notion of democracy or free society um, this this lack of appreciation that uh, Vincent was alluding to has is is, in, is actually a culture in many African countries we cover you have the you have uh, countries where journalists are journalism is criminalized journalists are looked at as spies agents you know, um, if you do any critical reporting uh, on the government or about the government, they, they, they find uh, uh, a way to criminalize you. Either you stepped over this red line or that red line. In Sudan, for example, they issued a law that uh, if you criticize the military, that's defamation. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it can rise to... Uh, uh, charges of, you know, death, the death penalty and, and life imprisonment and stuff like that because they say it touches the sovereignty of the country uh, and, you know, undermines peace and, and stuff like that. So there is, there is definitely a lack of appreciation, which has become a culture. But also the other fact I would like to point out is the lack of robust uh, laws that uh, protect you know the right to the access, right to access to information to free speech uh, we have countries where journalists struggle to get information from the government or from government institutions the government their governments deny them uh, that kind of access and if you looked at it closely you find regimes that are uh, afraid of the of a free press definitely they have something to hide you know uh, they they are not transparent. They don't want to be exposed, or they have weak and fragile arguments that they put out for public consumption. They don't like 
uh, for for their positions to be questioned, to be uh, scrutinized, to be challenged. Nabil, uh, there is that issue. If if uh, if there are laws in place uh, recognizing the 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 the, the importance and uh, usefulness of the free media, would that help? Even some constitutions in Africa do have the, 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 some of those uh, provisions. Yes. You know, the, the laws can be there, and we've seen such laws in countries like Kenya. Mm. And uh, not long ago, in fact, a few years ago, when the elections were nullified uh, after the Supreme Court established, uh, determined that uh, there was fraud, uh, fraud in that election, in fact, uh, the president of Kenya and those in, in power uh, were going really hard on, on journalists. And that's a country that enjoys a robust uh, media freedom. And uh, what we've seen is that even where those laws exist, politicians especially will try to find a way to justify their actions against uh, uh, journalists as long, you know, as long as those journalists appear to be touching on what is sacred to them. And what is sacred to them is uh, if we're involved in some sleazy, uh, you know, activities, do not expose us. And we've seen all that happening all over the world. Uh, media, uh, you know, journalists have been called, uh, uh, you know, uh, purveyors of uh, rumors. Uh, we've seen it happening even in the Western countries where, uh, you know, the news media is uh, called uh, you know fake media uh whenever they touch on some sensitive uh nerves then you become an enemy and whenever there's a loophole and we've seen this in many african countries they can still uh, violate those laws those who are in positions of power can still arrest you can harass you it doesn't mean uh that the laws are not there but they can break the laws and they get away with it how many laws are broken across these countries. Human rights uh, abuses uh, take place in so many countries. It doesn't mean the law doesn't uh, forbid some of those actions, but uh, it's only that uh, especially state actors can get away with it. I see. And if I may just jump in quickly. Sure, sure. Uh, in, in countries where there's uh, active conflict or some... Uh, sort of insecurity. I have seen uh, I've seen this too, too many times. Authorities use that as a cover to violate all sorts of civil rights, especially uh, the the the, uh, the freedom of the press. So the argument is that we are in a in a dangerous security situation, or we're in a state of conflict, and. Uh, Information is dangerous. Uh, you're supposed to be responsible. You're, you're responsible for information that you release that we, we deem or we determine is harmful to the situation. So I've seen that in, in South Sudan. And Sudan is still under actually a state of emergency since the coup. So in such an environment, and, and such situations are usually prolonged. It's not just like one month of the state of emergency or conflict here and there. And they drag it out, you know, to uh, shun and disregard any any notion or any concept of free, uh, free, uh, free press or civic freedoms in general. 
I see. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Reporters Roundtable. We are coming to you live from The Voice of America here in Washington. Tonight, we are discussing the press freedom. And my panelists are my colleagues, Vincent Makori, uh, Managing Editor, TV English to Africa, and Nabil, Nabil Biagio of VOA's uh, South Sudan Focus Program. Um, and I'm your host, uh, Douglas Mpuga. Uh, gentlemen, with many people thought with the advent of social media, with high tech, uh, the media, the journalists, would have, media would be free to disseminate information. There would be less harassment. That seems to have been the, quite the opposite. In fact, uh, the digital age has brought uh, a risk, even uh, compounded the risk for journalists, because now uh, your information is accessible. Uh, your sources can be hacked. We had a situation where long ago when we were... Uh, before the digital age, you could, uh, you know, uh, communicate uh, with people and nobody will trace your communication. You could write your notes and hide them somewhere. Now, uh, journalists are being targeted mm-hmm. with all this artificial intelligence. It's uh, easy to kind of monitor your activities and uh, even manipulate the information that you have in your systems and, and, and use that against you. So uh, what's happening is that, of course, uh, there's also kind of, um, it has also, in a way, um, kind of made it so difficult to even tell who is practicing (laughs) professional journalism Mm -hmm. and who are people just posting things online. Uh, There has been, uh, there's a very, uh, there's a kind of a uh, there's a blood line now yeah. between real journalism mm. and 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 those other fellows, which is creating a situation where again that is used against journalists because you're all lumped together mm. with fellows who don't have uh, journalistic ethics when they're mm. writing or posting things because the me this space has opened up for everybody and that is being used against professional journalists by lumping you all together mm-hmm. and and creating the impression that you are enemies of the government or you are fomenting, you know, you're inciting people with a, with a, you know, uh, with the intention of probably uh, causing a revolution or some kind of chaos. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Bill, uh, some countries have, some governments on the continent have gone around it by even imposing a lot of stringent laws to, 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 to uh, contain such a people. Huh? Yes. In, in the countries I cover, uh, government, especially Sudan, governments have result, res, resorted to a combination of uh, introducing laws uh, to intimidate people from practicing um, uh, their the right uh, to free speech, uh, punishing laws, punitive laws, with really harsh and, and scary punishments. But they have also resorted to uh, tech means and tools to deprive people uh, uh, of participating in that space altogether, everything from internet uh, blackouts, uh, cutting off of, uh, you know, communications uh, lines. And and we saw that during uh, the protests in Sudan that uh, uh, led to and followed the ouster of uh, longtime ruler Omar al-Bashir. Uh, there was a particular day when the security forces were planning a massacre in Khartoum to disperse the protesters. There was a total um, internet blackout 
the little footage that we got uh, came from people who use VPN and, and other means to circumvent uh, the internet blackout imposed. So um, with that with that said, so basically they they migrated they they migrated in the digital age to practice their oppression uh, in these in this new space that young uh, uh, men and women have found and and found a semblance of freedom operating within. Uh, the upside, I would say, is that social media uh, has been great, you know, in mo mobilization uh, and and and, and call, call for civic action, for civil disobedience, and other disruptive ways that they they use to oppose uh, in, an authoritative regime. Uh, Vicent, uh, as in Abil there mentions. Governments have figured a way of blocking internet, but even doesn't stop them from harassing those who use those media to, to air their views. Yes, uh, we've had uh, uh, people being arrested, mm. uh, apart from just blocking them. People have been ar uh, arrested for, uh, you know, posting things or writing things uh, that are deemed to be critical mm. of the government. So. Uh, the space is not sacred. Uh, the the governments don't care, how, you know, how you operate. They'll get mm -hmm. you. So whether you're doing this through newspaper or a magazine or mm -hmm. your online, mm -hmm. they are finding laws uh, that can be used against you by saying you're engaged in uh, either subversive activities, uh, you are inciting people, you are... Uh, um, um, in some cases, we've seen in some East African countries where you are accused of, uh, uh, you know, sometimes maligning the president, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, whatever you say can be. It's all about how uh, they choose to use it against you. Mm -hmm. If you write something that mentions the fact that uh, a particular leader has been involved in some activities that are detrimental to the, you know, the well-being of the citizens then mm. you are insulting the president and therefore you are inciting yeah. people against, you know, yeah. yeah so yes uh, some some leader in a, in a concerning country in east africa they have a law that disturbing the peace of the president mm. <laughs> nabil actually uh, museveni famously said you have uh, you have uh, fr uh, the freedom to speak but i can't guarantee the freedom after you've spoken, you know, in a jokingly way. It's something that was I also heard uh, from South Sudan, an official in South Sudan. Uh, so we pushed him on, you know, uh, press freedom, said, you know what, even where you are in America, there are limits to speech, this and that. When we pushed further, he said, you know what, yeah, we have freedom of speech, but what happens to you after that is not my, my problem. Yeah, interesting. Now, um, what should what should be the way forward? Because we must continue operating. Journalists must keep doing their work. So, um, but we have seen um, many cases across the continent of arrests, of harassments, of beatings, of even some deaths in some countries. What should happen between? I mean, between the, the, those in power and those who are in the media. Uh, if I may yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, I think it. Uh, it still needs a lot of education by those in power to really appreciate what uh, the role of the media is. The media is not there 
to serve the interest of those in power. The media is not there to help people sell their agenda. Yes, the media does help uh, highlight the things people do, the amazing things people do, and it does provide a platform indeed for people to uh, explain their agenda to the world, different organizations, different development organizations, activists, and so on and so forth. But people have to understand that the media is about the people. The media is the mediator between the those in power, those involved in our business and other activities, and the common citizens of a country. Mm-hmm. And the benefit is, is for all in the country, including the leadership. The media helps the people to understand what the leadership is doing mm-hmm. and can help build the trust between leadership and the citizenry. Now, the leadership should never see media as only being beneficial as long as it's a platform for them to lecture society. But it's also, it has to appreciate that the media has to tell the citizens what the leadership is doing, good or bad. And if that can help the leadership shape up, it should be a positive thing. So there should be an understanding, there should be education. But I have to say this, mm. most of the leaders are not ignorant because when they are for example, those who are in the opposition, mm. they really want to use the media mm. to amplify yep. their issues. Their, their issues. Mm-hmm. When they get to power, they hate the media now when right. they're being reminded that you're also now starting to behave mm-hmm. like the people used to criticize yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a selfish approach to mm-hmm. how media should be used, trying to make it look like it's supposed to serve your interests only uh, when it casts you in the most positive light. Uh, Nabil, last word? There needs to be a change um, to this culture and mindset that looks looks at uh, journalism as as a crime and at uh, journalists as criminals, spies, agents, etc. And we need to robustly enforce uh, press freedom laws that that are enshrined in almost every African country's uh, constitution. Uh, they should be a commitment, and they should be uh, 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 they should be a commitment to hold violators uh, to account. There should be consequences. I mean, there are already consequences. Uh, repressing that space hurts the country, hurts the citizenry. But then the violators, the regimes uh, that do that, uh, must also know that uh, the, 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 there is some sort of accountability to that. It's not going to go by unpunished. I see. Vincent, in a word or two, you think that will happen, what Nabil is suggesting? It is a struggle. I think uh, the media, uh, journalists are like freedom fighters. Mm-hmm. They have to continue fighting fighting for that freedom. But of course, again, it has to be an understanding that it is a positive uh, part of society. The media is critical. And even those who try to oppress the media have to always remind themselves that they like to use the media so it cannot only be serving their interests only when things are good it should be able to uh, wo- do what it's supposed to do which is a duty to society it's not a duty to leaders mm-hmm. to politicians to activists to oppositionists is a duty that the media has to society i think uh, yeah the, because both uh, the society I mean they should appreciate and i think they do know those who harass and jail journalists do know that the media plays a very useful role. 
and they, as you say, when they need them, they are good. Yeah. When they are against them, then uh, hell breaks loose. Well, uh, gentlemen, that wraps up this edition of Reporters Roundtable. Uh, thank you to my colleague, my colleagues, Vincent Makori, Managing Editor, TV English to Africa, and then, uh, Bill Biagio of uh, VOS South Sudan is in focus uh, service. Uh, gentlemen, uh, thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. A pleasure. You're very much welcome. We'll be back next week with another edition of Reporters Roundtable. A reminder that you can hear our roundtable on the internet. All you have to do is go to the, our main website, click on programs, and scroll down to Reporters Roundtable. Once again, thanks so much for tuning in. And until next week, I'm your host, Douglas Mpuga. the next straight talk africa i have an exclusive conversation with yuari museveni the president of uganda for over three decades we discuss democracy security and stability in africa and lots more yuari museveni in his own words wednesday on straight talk africa at 18:30 utc Hello, I'm Carol Castiel. Next, what is the impact of Moscow's invasion of Ukraine on Latin America? Can Washington capitalize on Moscow's malign actions and help strengthen democracies in the region? And why has the immigration debate in America been reduced to two Trump-era border policies, which the Biden administration would like to phase out? Two Latin American experts analyze this and more. That's Encounter this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. This is VOA News.